little songbird. Try to fly my way homeward with the melody, and I make the beat. Don't know where it'll take me, take me. 'Cause when I'm in the dark of night, I sing my way back to the light. Come along with me, and your heart will see that a song changes everything. And the music is moving me forward onto brighter things, onto bigger dreams. Let the harmony carry me, carry me. Even if the sky's falling down, I know the sound will lead me out. Come along with me, and I know you'll see that a song changes everything. Morning. Welcome to Arts for the Health of It. I'm just a little song. (laughs) Oops. Yep, let's keep going. (laughs) I'm Catherine Partisini. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she is Catherine Partisini, and I am Andrea Vocab Sanderson. And welcome to Arts for the Health of It. Or something. Yes. <laughs> something yes. more melodic than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a well, vibrant woman. As are you. I'm. Um, I wanted to share my birthday cake with you that I had last week. Oh yes, come on, bring it. I wish yeah. I really had a slice of it, but we'll we'll take a picture for now. We we have a picture somewhere. Let's see. It's it's colorful, Maybe. it's beautiful, it's decadent, it's rich. Maybe we don't. Okay, well, it was chocolate. There it is. <laughs> hey, look at that chocolate cake with those sprinkles. It was two layers and it was delicious. And mm. we somehow still have some in the fridge. We probably need to get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, so you could save it for next year. You could put it in the freezer and next year have an anniversary of, of, of this year. <laughs> that's, that's what my mom would do. She She freezes everything. Repurpose it. <laughs> and she's a wise woman. She's a wise, wise lady. What's your mommy's name? Irene. Irene. That's, mm-hmm. that's nice. Yes. She's the well, best. Mama Irene. What about yours? My mother's name is Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. She goes by Elizabeth or is there? Uh, I mean, mostly, mostly Liz. Mm-hmm. So Love yeah, it. that's our mamas. Maybe we should ask Allison when, when she comes on, uh, our, our wonderful guest that's coming on in just a few minutes, um, what her mommy's name is. <laughs> <laughs> we need to know Richard's mom's name too. We're just going to mm-hmm. do all the mom names. It's not Mother's Day. So we'll, nope. I don't know. We'll just share. When we, when we get that Mother's Day episode, it's about to be real. <laughs> Ooh, maybe we should have one of our mothers on for Mother's Day. Good idea. Okay. Yes. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> We got to move off of all, all this this mommy talk for now. Um, so uh, what have you been working on artistically? You got something that uh, you want to share with us? I do. Okay. So I recently took this virtual class uh, with Hannah Garrison, who's one of Hearts Need Arts artists in residence. And she, um, Hannah does a lot of things, but she's an instructor for an organization called ANCAN, which is short for Answer Cancer Foundation. Um, And they offer a lot of peer to peer support groups for people from all different um, 
health or life situations, and they have some focus groups for particular types of cancer. Um, but it it's just an amazing way to connect with people from all over the place. And we got to do this um, Monet-inspired water lily painting. So mm -hmm. there it is. <laughs> and Hannah, um, Hannah walked us through just step-by-step. Step. Like this was within an hour and 15 minutes um, mm. of how to create this painting. And you have people from all skill levels. And so um, that's that, that felt like a birthday celebration to me because I got to make some art. <laughs> You're creating new life. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, we'll make sure to put their the link to their site in the comments if you're interested in joining one of their groups. It's free. Um, and they're just such welcoming people. So, yeah. yeah. I guess that that would bring about a great sense of uh, accomplishment, being able to create something so beautiful. And um, I love it. It was a really gorgeous uh, greens and blues and pretty pinks. Uh, I have a show coming up that is this Thursday at the Brick, uh, the Blue Star here in San Antonio uh, called Mercuria. And it's a flamenco show mm. and it features uh, Genevieve and La Memphi and Tamara and myself and Jose Manuel Tejeda. And it's, uh, it's going to be dealing with issues of domestic violence and abuse and for women. And so we we are going to be talking about some of those issues today. And we do have a content warning for you all that if you are sensitive to those subjects, uh, just be mindful. We will possibly be talking about some some hard subjects uh, regarding abuse uh, and uh, things of that nature. So we welcome you to stay with us and, and, and learn from our guest who Catherine's just about to tell you who she is. <laughs> all right. So we're joined today by Allison Body. I believe from South Dakota, she'll correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but Allison is um, she's so many things. She's an artist. She's a therapeutic art life coach and a health coach. Um, she has so much to share with us today. So we're going to bring her on. Welcome, Allison. Welcome. It's Allison. Good morning. Tell, tell us where you are. For people that aren't watching, um, kind of describe where you are. Yeah, so I am first and foremost in Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, but more specifically to my exact location right now, if you can't tell from some of the background noise, I'm actually at my horse rescue that I founded and run. Um, it's called War Horse Liberation. Um, yes, we are a, hor a horse rescue, but first and foremost, we provide free equine assisted therapies to veterans. Um, so I'm coming to you live from outside the stall of blue. <laughs> and we, be before we hopped on this morning, we were admiring your internet connection and your sound quality, but um, you're just, it's so beautiful. It's like bright blue sky and yeah, you can see the- No clouds. No, no clouds. clouds. And you can tell the wind is blowing through her golden tendrils of hair and their horses are back there. And it just looks like it is a serene oasis of, you know- South Farm. Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and as we'll talk about later, I, I love being where I feel grounded and feel comfortable. And this is definitely one of those places for me. Um, so I felt that it was uh, appropriate for me to be here to help keep me centered, um, to keep the, my energy up as well. 
Um, and hopefully to also provide some other people a good backdrop. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> that was well, one of my questions I was going to ask you actually was like, because you spend so much time in nature, like where is a, you're just like a place where you feel such an extreme amount of peace or, or mm -hmm. like you said, the grounding. And I guess that kind of answers that question right there at the horse rescue, you know, <laughs> The horse rescue is definitely one of them, but my favorite places is to be up in the hills, up in the mountains. And here we have the Black Hills. Um, so they're really old mountains, so they're not as big as a, um, Montana or Colorado by any means. But there's something just about being lost, kind of, or quote unquote lost, uh, in the woods and just kind of not having a soul around other than like maybe like your loved one. Um, so yeah, being out in the hills is uh, one of my go-to grounding places. I, I want to back up a little bit and um, if you could tell our listeners um, a little bit about your story and how you came to where you are. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. So um, I am a domestic abuse um, survivor. So I um, was married to somebody that just did not treat me right. right. And actually it led to my death on April of 2017. I was dead for 33 seconds. And um, I had made several attempts to leave that marriage up until that point. And then after that death, I kind of came back with a renewed sense of, sense of purpose of um, not just getting myself where I need to be, but to also help other women um, overcome their traumas and their challenges as well. Um, so for me, it, it took a couple of years to really get myself um, centered, get myself feeling confident again, to feel like I was worthy, to feel like I had a purpose in this life. Um, and um, so now I'm here in Rapid City, South Dakota, um, was originally in Savannah, Georgia. So <laughs> half mm -hmm. a country away from where, you know, all my trauma happened. Um, but I experienced, um, unfortunately, a lot of different types of trauma. So I do resonate with a lot of what people go through, whether it's um, mm -hmm. e mental, emotional, physical. Um, and I use that for myself as more as a um, motivation. So for me, I've, I've been able to turn my trauma around to help others and use it to to show that, you know, we don't need or deserve to be treated that way. And that all of that only makes us stronger people at the at the end of it. Wow. So I guess I would like to know what were some of the first steps you took when you were starting the I'm going to help other women and other people heal mm -hmm. from being abused what, what 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 did you do first yeah so um when i first left that marriage i was in um, personal training and um my my hope and my my dream was to how do i help those those um who've been through trauma and therapy for me didn't work um, I never felt like I was heard, never felt like I was understood. So I wanted to find that alternative from therapy. Um, so I did a lot of research, um, went through, actually, that's when I went through my health coach certification. I got a job originally as a health coach, um, but health coaching doesn't quite touch on all the areas I wanted to. So really, it was more of a self-exploration of like, what does this look like? What, what am I visioning? Um, and then putting myself through those practices first and foremost to create essentially a roadmap and to ensure that what I'm learning actually works in real life. Um, and I know each person is so different. So there's, it has to be customized and has to be tweaked around because what might work for me may not work for you because there needs to be slight tweaks. Um, you resonate differently um, with 
either exercises or areas, my grounding location might be different from your grounding location. Um, so for me, it was um, going through and, and doing that deep dive into my thoughts and my beliefs in myself and, and recognizing that our brain is first and foremost the one thing that we need to change. And that is where we store our trauma, a lot of it. And uh, trauma actually, um, in a lot of the research I was reading, uh, interested interestingly changes our brain it changes our thought patterns it changes how our brain wires and fires and so people who have been through trauma whether that is ptsd whether it's physical whether it's mentally most emotional um it actually changes the way that we think and it puts us in a constant fight or flight mode so our cognitive abilities are down um we're we're more prone to to be stressed out and so therefore it's harder for us to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel because that's just how our brain is, is wired. And so I went through this really in-depth and uncomfortable journey to work to rewire my brain, to change my beliefs in myself, to change my mindset. And, and that's honestly one of the toughest parts um, when we're going through this is our, our brain is so powerful and, and what we visualize and what we constantly think will be. So if you're telling yourself that you're not good enough, unfortunately, that is going to be the outcome. And so you have to change that thought process of you are good enough, you can achieve this, and then putting that into practice. And so I went through that. Um, it was a tough journey, like I mentioned. And so once you're, you are able to change your brain and your thought process and your beliefs and yourself, then it's easier to address some of those other uh, key aspects and try to work to build up that confidence from there. Mind renewal. Do you, do you feel like that's an ongoing process for you um and i imagine your your clients as well because it's um i i was diagnosed with ptsd a few years ago um i i didn't really know what it was until <laughs> someone kind of explained to me like this is what's going on and um but even once you know that it's not like a oh that's what it is i can fix it now and so i'm curious kind of yeah, if it's this ongoing process for you and how you guide your clients through that. Yeah, it 100% um, has been a, a ongoing journey. And even for me, I was telling um, my group and some of my clients even like this past weekend had like this whole bout of, you know, um, like um, just not feeling like I was doing what I needed to or not feeling like I was worth, you know, that person. Like who makes me you know, this expert and he had to kind of go through and list out the positives and, and the things that I have accomplished of like, I have these certifications, I have this background story. Um, and so one thing I love doing with my clients is creating visuals that you can put up in your home to constantly remind you because you do have to, to constantly remind yourself, like, even if you fully believe that you are worth it and that you are here for this purpose and that you are going to change lives, you're, you're still going to fall into that negative mindset of like, but why me? Like what makes me qualified for this? And so yeah. having those constant reminders and visualization. Um, and I've, I've mentioned to you before, um, but one of my favorite research projects I looked into was about visualization. And it talked about, um, you know, these athletes who did nothing more than in, in their training, all that they changed was visualizing their performance before their, their sporting activity. And they found that they increased their performance by 30%. So again, wow. the power of our brains is so 
so incredible. And so tapping into that and creating those visuals, or even um, I've had several clients write down affirmation words or sentences on their mirrors. So when they're getting ready in the morning, they're constantly reminding themselves of their strengths and what their purpose is. Wow. We do have to do those affirmations because affirming is a testimony to yourself and a testimony to others. Uh, Before we started the show, Catherine and I were kind of talking about uh, questions we could ask. And I had a question and I was having such a hard time phrasing it. And you kind of spoke on it a little bit, but I was wondering if you could elaborate. When you're in a situation, what advice would you give to people who, as they're trying to help other people work through their traumas, they find themselves being triggered again, watching other people, like what's the process? Is it a step back? Is it talk to someone else? Like how do you, what, you know, cause you're constantly dealing with other people in, in the, in the muck of things and you've healed, you've gone through what you need to go through, but it's reintroduced to you. Like what's your advice to them to, if they're trying to help others? Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, protecting yourself is, probably, in my opinion, one of the most important things. And so my recommendation is to make sure that before you go in front of of others or before that appointment, to make sure you ground yourself, to go through those motions of not just going through your affirmations, but like doing a mindful practice of why you are there to help them and to uh, also remind yourself to block it. You know, you want that energy to be receptive, but you also don't want to absorb their problems because mm-hmm. that's not going to help them and it's not going to help you. And so it's actually more of a mindful practice that I personally go through of um, almost a meditation before my my appointments and before uh, any event that I go to, to make sure that not only am I grounded, but that my energy is protected. So that way people could feel it, but I'm not absorbing theirs. That's real. Balancing that empathy versus, uh, you know, putting yourself there to, to be as a conduit to, to let the healing flow through you. It's weird and hard space to do, but I commend you because you're doing great work. And now, <laughs> and now we have, we're going to take a quick break before we do just real quickly. Um, you're going to guide us through one of the activities you use with your clients. Um, what do people need for, for this? Yeah. So any medium would work. So it could be a paper and pens. It could be a pencils. It could be acrylic. Oh, I've your markers. <laughs> yeah, or markers. So whatever you're comfortable with working in, that's the first thing I always recommend is find a art medium that you're comfortable with because it makes that process a whole lot easier. Um, so I love um, watercolor and I love acrylic painting. And so that's been my mode for uh, these exercises. But I've had people even just do, you know, pencil stick figures and that is acceptable yeah absolutely okay well we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back with this activity And we're back. And that was vocab. (laughs) We 
didn't introduce the the song. I'm so sorry. <laughs> nope, we Beautiful. didn't. It's called "I Wish" and it's featuring Nick Levins, and it's it's a good song. Mm. And we recorded the video at Luminaria. But back to Allison Body, who's gonna lose this workshop, this little exercise. <laughs> Yeah, that's the best I can do. I love your energy. You just <laughs> help so much. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think we have the the PDF. We'll make sure that people have access to. I don't know if we're showing it on screen, um, but go ahead and start to walk us through what this activity is. Yeah. So this activity is the keyhole exercise. And I love this because it could represent so many different things um, of one, where you're at, maybe what's blocking you. It could be physically, emotionally. Um, and then also, you know, taking that view into the keyhole of where you want to be. And so this exercise is a visual and something that I've done um, for actually almost 100 people now. Um, mm -hmm. And it's one of my favorite exercises because it's such a great visual to have as a reminder for yourself of where you're going and, and to keep your eyes on the prize and to keep your focus. Um, so when you're having a tough day, you could look at that and just remind yourself of what you're working towards. Um, so the keyhole exercise, um, long story short, is essentially um, a, a keyhole. So it takes up most of the page and what you're, which I have that one, I'm sorry, uh, a little lighter so that way you can actually see your artwork but the the keyhole is looking into what you're wanting in your life so whether that's a physical place you're wanting to go to whether that's a emotional um, recovery you're trying to go through like whatever that looks like like what do you want your future to be um, again it could be physical mental emotional it could be a job um, so you're looking into what you want and then the door itself is what you feel is that barrier in getting to that that end game um, and so it could be again a physical place it could be um, maybe a emotion that you feel that is blocking you from getting there and whatever that emotion may look to you on paper I've had people just do black scribbles because they feel like their emotions are so chaotic um, right. and and you know that worked for them and it helped to remind them of like what they're they're working through um, and again, it could be a physical place. Maybe you're in a physical place that you don't love and you want to go somewhere that you feel more grounded in or you feel um, more at ease in. Um, and that's why I love this exercise because it looks so different for everybody. Do you usually have clients journal a little bit first before they do this or they just dive in and start drawing? Uh, make sure both. So I, I leave it up to them. But I do have a few uh, prompts like as we're going through it, um, similar to how I just kind of described it is, you know, think about what that barrier is. Maybe come down with a, a few key words or, or, or places of what you're feeling. Um, so that way they have an idea of what they're drawing, at least for the barrier. And then for inside of the key, the keyhole, where are they wanting to be in a year or two years? Um, you know, what does that look like? Um, what does that emotion look like? Is it a place or is it a um, new job, a new situation? Um, and a, a lot of times I've had people not even do a full picture. It's just things that they were, you know, wanting for the future, which was like their own apartment and mm -hmm. a better job. And so they actually represented that in a way for them that spoke to them. And so um, being able to, first and foremost, create the piece that works for you. There is no 
one right answer and perfection is one word I want to throw out the door because that does not belong here. Um, it's all about what works for you and all about what speaks to you. So if they're participating inside the keyhole goals, the future goals, the wants, the desires, the best case scenario for what you're trying to attain. And then outside of that keyhole is the things that are blocking you and stopping you from attaining that, or just you you feel like is a barrier that you have to push past in order to get to that, that space. Yeah. And I actually brought an example with me today to kind of show yeah. you what my personal keyhole looked like about year and a half almost two years ago so let me take a step back so you can see this so this is my personal keyhole oh my gosh when i painted this i was actually living in chicago with um, my partner who was masters um i am not a city person and it was at the height of covid Um, my car had gotten stolen my bike was stolen and it was just a very chaotic time and so my only hope when I lived in Chicago was to get out of Chicago. Um, so for me, my barrier was the, you know, the brick jungle, um, you know, being in the city, I hated it. And so like, when I see the brick, it just almost brings up like that, that feeling of like how much I did not enjoy being in the city. I'm definitely a rural girl. Like I do, like I live and belong in the mountains. That's, that's who I am. And so that's why in my keyhole, I put the mountain um, where I feel at peace, where I go to be grounded, like where's my escape from the feelings I'm having, which is, you know, anxiety and claustrophobia and um, a little bit of uncertainty. Like that was what these bricks represented to me being in the city and the mountain and the lakes and the trees is the place that I felt most grounded, most at peace. And that was what I was working towards. And Chicago is never a permanent location for us. But it was a reminder for me of like, this is where I'm going. I'm not going to stay here in the city. I'm not going to stay in this feeling of uncertainty. I am going to eventually get back out into the woods, into the mountains where my, my heart is calling for. Um, and so that's just a, a, a one example of, you know, what the keyhole may look like. And so, you know, maybe, you know, it's really just the location and that location is causing these feelings and emotions. And that's what this was for me. I think what's interesting too about this activity is um, it, it reminds me a little bit of um, doing a vision board, but I think what's different about this is that you're like vision boards are fun and great, but um, you're not always necessarily also visually depicting what you feel like is holding you back. It's, it's very future focused. Like mm-hmm. I want this and this, I want to bring more peace, you know, all these things, but it's kind of floating out in space and, and like, it's important I think, as you were saying, for our brain to acknowledge, like, this is what's in front of me right now, getting in the way of that. So I think that's part of what makes it really powerful. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed, and this is not true for all people, but when people are only focused on the future, they become dreamers and not doers. And so this was a way to not only keep that dream alive, but recognize that there needs to be a doing in that process. Like what's holding you back and remind yourself what's what you're going to do to overcome it. And so um, but my biggest advice for everyone as they're doing this is don't get caught up on the barrier. That's why the barrier is the smallest part of this entire painting, drawing, you know, pencil, whatever your you know, mo- modality you're using. That's why that's the smallest. You want to stay focused on where you're going, but recognize that there are going to be barriers, but that you are strong enough to achieve it. Well, yeah. do we want to share? 
I think maybe Richard has a picture of mine. So I did this ahead of time um, so that we'd have time to share. But um, mine is, it's kind of a mix. It's like collage, colored pencil, watercolor. There's a mix of things. Um, and if you're listening and not watching the background or like the barrier for me is a computer <laughs> because I spend I, a lot of my time I work remote which is such a blessing um, but there are times where that becomes a barrier to me having time to be outside which is where I feel the most refreshed and connected to God and um, so I collaged my keyhole on top of that computer um, and it's kind of like a view of uh, the water we live we live uh, in Biloxi, and so we're very close to the beach. Um, so it was really interesting um, because I I don't feel totally like block like I get to do amazing things in the work that I do, but it's also maybe not enough balance of of the other piece mm -hmm. of getting time to just be outside. Yeah, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. All right, I guess I got to share. It's your turn. <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay, so if you can Ooh. see inside the keyhole is me on stage in front of uh, a great audience of people, pack show, and on the outside is a bed and me sleeping and resting and dreaming and not actualizing the dream by physically getting up and, and doing something. And then I wrote an acrostic poem to accompany uh, the image. And the word going down is keyhole. And here is the poem. Keeping time with my dreams of endless nights and stage lights, yelling and screaming applause, beams of halos blinding my eyes from sight, ovations unzipped at the seams of love, unmeasured and treasured night. Enveloping inspiration is unlocked. I catch, I catch a gleam of an opened keyhole vision to my future life. That's beautiful. I love that. Beautiful. You. you are a visual artist. If if you're listening and not watching, you need to watch the episode because vocab your artwork. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you very, very, very much for that uh, affirmation. It's it's cool, like trying to create. I guess because I used to watch um, like Project Runway, and they would talk to them about creating your own personal textile, and so like creating a pattern of some sort. I think for people who are not, they don't think that they're drawers, they don't think that they are painters. Find a way to create a pattern in your work that you can have reoccur. Um, that might help you unless you're just like, I'm doing straight up abstract and everything's going to seem be seemingly arbitrary. Um, but, you know, that helped me to be like, oh, I'll just do a whole bunch of little Z's and to represent the sleep. And that'll be effective. A it's totally effective because it created that like that barrier, that sense of a barrier. So mm -hmm. really cool. Absolutely. And one thing I love about this exercise, all the exercises and art in general, um, let me just say art is amazing because it becomes our, our voice. And I know I had mentioned to you previously of, I am not a emotional person. I used to joke around, like I'm not all about that feely stuff. Um, but when you're going through not even just traumas, but when you're trying to create a, a dream, make that dream happen, you have to figure out how to voice those emotions, whether it's you know, to a therapist or, or, you know, to yourself. And 
for me, I don't always have the words to, to express what I'm feeling, to express what, you know, challenges I'm, I'm having or, or how happy I am. And so art becomes that art becomes my language of expression um, because I could take some of those thoughts that maybe I don't have words for. Maybe I have just like images in my head of what it kind of looks like. And I could put that into, into my piece of, of a way to really express what I'm really feeling deep down. Yeah. And I, I want, I want to hear more about your artistic process because you, you do create some really amazing things. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and hear about that. We are descendants apart, the most tragic moving art Broken glass, best beware, crystal knock, no crystal stare Let's creak everywhere, beautiful bodies drop like bombshells Without a German care, without a human care We have a burden that we share DNA of descendants, no recompense or repentance We've been in a state of emergency For centuries our people bleed My neighbors weren't my enemies Interment labor Hover them from my enemies It's like we're standing at the Red Sea Chanting freedom But Pharaoh won't set us free Pharaoh won't let us The burden of color The burden of creed Heavy content. We didn't even say anything. We just went into this really heavy piece, and I was like, (laughs) "That one is hard. That one's hardcore." It's a song that draws the parallels between uh, the Jewish Holocaust and enslavement of Black people in America, and uh, how we can overcome some of those things. And that song's called "The Burden." Yeah. Featuring Tamara Adira, which we didn't get to her part, but if you're watching, you can see her dancing in that. But back to Allison Body and the question that was posed before we went to that break, which is your process, your artistic process, and what what comes from it. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a really, really good question, and I have found that it's changed over time. Um, so in my younger years, my parents actually paid for an art docent, so I actually went through like specialized art classes and and expressing art was so easy and effortless and it was easy for me to express a lot of those feelings and after you know all the traumas I've experienced in my life I shut myself down from art because it made me um, feel a lot of those emotions that I was keeping locked up in a box because it's easier when I first left to pretend like it never happened to pretend like I was okay and and just kind of move on Um, and so getting back into art and even still now that, you know, that I've recovered and I'm helping others and it's become a big part of my life again is um, I go in with the purpose of uh, what am I wanting to create? Um, Or sometimes it could be just if I'm feeling a lot of emotions I need to get out, like because I don't know how to voice it. Um, But a prime example, um, kind of just regularly when I'm out there, um, creating pieces just for myself is, um, I, I first think about, okay, what am I feeling now? Like what, um, emotions are, are in there that could potentially help somebody else because every piece that I create comes back to our emotions. And I want to be a therapeutic art piece for somebody else where they look at that. And like, I resonate with that because 
of, you know, the feeling that I had to overcome. Um, and one of my favorite pieces is uh, Phoenix Rising, which was a, a acrylic art pour. And so before I started that is, again, what emotions am I feeling? What, what am I trying to represent in this piece? And then I assigned colors to those emotions and utilized them within my, my art piece and um, was able to create something that to me spoke of, you know, Phoenix Rising, um, you know, from the ashes. So my world had fallen apart. The background is, is black. I felt like my life was nothing but ashes, um, but that I'm rising from that. And sometimes from the ashes is the most beautiful things. How many forests have we seen that after, you know, complete obliteration, it comes back even stronger because of the ashes. Ashes are actually nutrients. Um, it's nitrogen and we need that to live. And so um, that's one thing that I, I love doing is just recognizing where I'm at. Even if I'm angry, sometimes those angry pieces, you know, have a purpose and, but being able to put that purpose into the piece. And then um, once I create it, reflecting with where I'm at now. Um, and I, I didn't know I joked around before. I'm not very much a feely person. I'm not all about emotions, but when it comes to the, you know, art, it's such a great way to really express all of the, all those things that you don't want to tell other people, all those things you don't want other people to know, but then it just comes out into this piece and they may not recognize what that means to you. They may see themselves in that. And that's what I love about it. Um, but yeah, so my process is recognizing just where I'm at and, and creating a piece for where I'm in that moment. It reminds me so much of, um, so our founder, Stanzi, uh, who founded Hearts Need Art, she shares this story about um, when she was going through cancer treatment, she looked forward, they had these art classes and she looked forward to going because it allowed her this safe space to express the things that she couldn't, she, and basically what you're saying that she did not have the words for at the time. Um, and so it's just, um, it's amazing how that that shows up a lot with just humans in general, if we if we allow it to. Um, but I, I wanted to ask real quick, did do you feel like your earlier art making days, like the type of art you made then is is it very different from what you do now? Like, was it more representational is how did that shift? Yeah. That's a great question. So when I first started in my younger years, um, it was all very realistic. I love drawing horses. Um, horses have always been my passion. Um, and so that was, you know, my primary focus was realistic um, pencil drawing. So it was all, all pencil, lead, charcoal. Um, and that was where I thrived. And I find that now it's more abstract because I have so many different emotions and it's harder to put a realism to a lot of what I'm feeling and that sometimes that abstractness kind of reflects where I'm where maybe I'm at or maybe what I'm feeling or um there's been times where in talking with others like I might be inspired by what they told me um so now I do a mixture of all of it um where you know I love the abstract from like the acrylic pores and just letting life happen to it and seeing what comes of it sometimes is it's almost therapeutic of like letting it go, picking this emotion in this color and you're letting it go and seeing what life does with it. Um, but then I do still love um, doing more realistic. Sometimes it really depends on my mood. Um, one thing I love doing is uh, puppy portraits hmm. for, for 
people. And I should say pet portraits because I, you know, I've done more than just dogs, but I do it in rainbow colors. So whether that dog's passed or still with, um, I love vibrancy. Um, and one thing I, I noticed is when I first went through trauma, everything was not vibrant. It was just kind of black because that's where, you know, I was at emotionally and that's perfectly okay. But now I want color in my life. And so I've, I've noticed I've used uh, a lot of like those rainbow tones with uh, some of the things I'm doing. Yeah, there's such a freedom that comes with color and just allowing your um, your mood and where you are aesthetically to just dictate a little bit more uh, what what you're creating and that process and how uh, it opens us up. And what I found is that in different parts of my life, different colors represent different things. So what yellow used to represent to me is not necessarily what it represents to me today. What green used to represent to me has changed. Do you find that the colors and the meanings for them change and even the, the symbolism in your work, do you feel like the symbolism has evolved? 100%. And so um, you had mentioned my workbook at the very beginning. And that's yes. one thing I actually go through an exercise with all of my clients is to have them define what each color means to them, to have them um, go through and the symbolism. So what does a tree mean for you? So if you put a tree into your piece, what does that represent? Uh, what does a flower represent? And so there's all these different things that um, I have them go through to figure out what it represents to them so that way that piece speaks to them. And then at the end, we kind of reconvene and go back and see if those definitions still hold true and um, found that a lot of it has, you know, evolved and I don't want to say improved, but just has evolved uh, as they go through and they work on their emotions and they let go of some of that hurt and fear that um, a lot of that, that meaning does change for them. The design for your workbook, I think we have a picture of it. Um, it's rainbow. It's beautiful. Um, it's, we'll see if it comes up on screen. But do you want to talk a little about um, this workbook and also your coaching sessions? Yeah. Yeah. So this workbook is a blend of everything. Um, so this was my way of creating something that can be in help, help, self, wow, self-help <laughs> for others. Um, and it's called the art to your dream life. And it utilizes all of the art therapy or not all, but some of the art therapy exercises that I use in my coaching sessions. And um, it helps you not only go through what behavior change is, what that looks like, what setting smart goals means and looks like, but it also goes through um, changing some of those negative beliefs, like what some of those exercises may be, um, creating um, art pieces that speak to you, your, your affirmation arts, um, and um, also, you know, stress relief with like mandalas. So this book is a uh, all-encompassing of what I do. So my coaching is I help women who've experienced trauma to um, let go of that fear, to increase their self-confidence and their self-worth, and to help them build that life that they deserve. And this book takes a lot of those coaching principles from my 90-day program, into this book itself. So that way they can go through that practice on their own. Um, they can address some of those um, fears or some of those tough emotions, maybe on their own. Maybe they're not ready to work with another person, but they're ready for a change. And so that's what this workbook has, has essentially grown into. Um, and it's, uh, um, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm not normally a writer, so it comes out like my own speaking. And so it's 
I would say it's a little bit more of a relaxed <laughs> workbook, um, but that it, it does ask you to, again, to um, find what represents to you, like what do those colors mean? What do those shapes mean to you? So as you're creating those pieces, you can utilize that. Mm, that's wonderful. And uh, Richard has put the link to that in the comments if you'd like to, thank you for giving us um, access to that. And um, if people want to book a, a coaching session with you, you're offering, is it a free 30 minute? Yeah, so um, that link will get you that work workbook completely free. So that way you can go through and start um, working on um, improving yourself. And then I am also giving a, away a free 30 minute coaching session where maybe um, you just kind of want guidance or, um, you know, reflect on some aspects or whatever it is that you need that 30 minutes is essentially for whatever you need even if it's just the vent i'm here for mm -hmm. you so um so yeah so you get the free workbook and a free 30 minute session with me that's really kind and generous and thoughtful of you i love what you said about the things that we deserve because we talk ourselves out of a lot of things that we do deserve and it's it and it's um really beautiful that you are reminding people um, and, and asking them questions that hold them accountable to speak to their dreams and speak to the things that hinder them. So they, they, as we acknowledge those things, we can empower ourselves and move past and overcome. And you say it's always a constant, uh, mind renewal, always constantly going back to reflect on where we currently are and where we want to be. And it's so great to see you put it in the context of artwork. Yeah. What is um, the best? What is the best way for people to connect with you if they want to learn more about what you do and who you are and all the all the wonderful things? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I do have a, a Facebook page where um, I post, you know, tips and advice, some other free resources as well. Um, it's called Allie's Bam Workshop. So A L L I E S B A M Workshop. Um, so you can find me on Facebook there. Um, I also have a, a free Facebook group where uh, it's called Women Helping Women Overcome Trauma. And um, again, it's a space for women all to come together to show support. So whether you've already overcome your trauma um, and you want to be a support for other women, or maybe you're in that moment with trauma and you need that, that safe space, this is a free group um, that is solely designed again for, for women to help each other um, really not just overcome trauma, but to empower, empower each other. Um, so I do have that community as well. Thank Wonderful. you. We'll, Great resource. We'll make, yeah, we'll make sure that we have all those links posted in the comments so people can connect with you and the community you've created. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. Well, Allison, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, it was just such a joy to learn more about you. And um, if you're listening and not watching, you need to watch because you have to see where Allison is. It's beautiful. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been uh, wonderful getting to know both of you guys and having this conversation. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Well, oh. magical I mean, I feel, woman. I feel like I need a minute just to <laughs> absorb all of that. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, we actually have a, another quick break, I believe. Let's see if we can get this right. This <laughs> This um, song is by one of our musicians in residence, Jeff Wood. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Cause you're magic. Everything about you is magic. Hey. 
I called her magic and then that was I had no idea that was going to be the name of the song that came on but Allison <laughs> was really a magical person and uh, yeah. it's great that she's helping people to create some some magic in their heart and in their life and I I think I really needed that keyhole um exercise uh today and uh yeah I hopefully you all created something that you know you feel really good and confident about and, and if you didn't finish it you've got all day you yeah. can finish it <laughs> and same uh, similar thoughts I uh when I was doing that project um I was like not really sure what was going to come of it and I think sometimes it's easy to underestimate how important it is whether it's writing or making art to just get it out of the the brain space it's just like very abstract and letting it move through you and get out onto the paper so I yeah I would encourage everyone to give it a try there is a if you're like, I can't draw a keyhole, uh, Allison has provided a, a template that you can use for that. Um, you could print it out and create your own. Um, yeah, so we just, just let us know you want it and we got you. <laughs> well, we had some um, awesome comments that have, have happened recently. And I think we're going to look at some of those and acknowledge some people who have been viewing. And thank you so much for your viewing and your listening support as we uh, do this wonderful show. Yeah, so we have, um, this was from your episode vocab, um, your book giveaway. Uh, you gave away one of your poetry books and um, we have a picture that the lucky winner won. <laughs> um, it says, thank you so much. Vocab's written word is so illuminating and inspiring. This book of poems and songs has really enacted a perspective shift in how I approach my day-to-day -day and my relationships with the people around me. Thank you for sharing your gifts with all of us vocab. And that's from Katie. She was so Thank excited. You, and she had a great smile on the, the picture and just vibrant. I downloaded that picture. I'm going to look back at it. And I needed it this morning. I had a, I had a, I think I got two to three hours of sleep total. I could not sleep last oh, night. Oh, goodness. And so, yeah, it was, it was a rough night. And then it started raining like before first thing this morning it was like raining pretty loud and so once I started listening to the rain I was like there's no way I'm going back to sleep now you know <laughs> listening to that and, and normally soundscapes of rain put me to sleep but this morning it was having not the opposite, the opposite so. effect <laughs> <laughs> that makes your keyhole barrier like even more uh true with all, <laughs> with yep. all the z's all over it yeah. um but you have an event coming up tomorrow would you like to share I do. So 
the you call him the yeah. <laughs> the Dr. Cornell West will be at McAllister Auditorium at San Antonio College for the Alamo College District uh, for the Day of Racial Healing. It is a day of solidarity, racial healing, and narrative change. And he will be being spoken to and with by Dr. Eric Castillo. And before that, myself and Tanisha Payne, who is an amazing uh dancer we will be presenting some like a multimedia multidisciplinary piece leading into that about recovering self and knowing who we are and speaking some affirmations to people after we deal with some some tough issues in in the first piece and i'm so excited about that and it can be streamed because they don't have seats open there is a link on my facebook page for that or you can go to san antonio college or alamo college's uh, facebook page and you can register to stream the talk and I'm sure it'll be on their YouTube channel within a couple of weeks as well. And so the conversation starts around noon and, and the event ends at two o'clock. So that's Central Standard Time for those who are wondering where we are. I'm in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, what are you looking forward to the most for that event? Uh, I'm going to be freaking out. but just, Okay. <laughs> that's uh, fair. <laughs> just... Anything from Dr. West as, I mean, his perspective is brilliant. He's spoken all over the world um, on these very topics and he has such an amazing insight. And, you know, we just need this encouragement to continue the work that we do. We're all called to do something else. We all, uh, so many things and we have multiple purposes, but I know one of my purposes is, is about being a bridge and helping to unify different people groups and people from different walks of life. And so just getting some affirming information from him and encouragement to continue that work is really um, something that I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Okay. What do we have coming up next week on Arts for the Health of It? Do we know? <laughs> next week is... Um, our recap. Week, yeah, it'll be our Hearts Need Art highlight. Uh, we will, I believe we'll get to meet new board. We have two new board members that we want to introduce mm -hmm. you to. We'll hear from our CEO, Richard Wilmore. Um, the aerodynamic hair that the he has. Yeah, we need He's to bring in that hair, hair right here. <laughs> and you're going to get to see it. You're going to get to hear his beautiful voice as he tells you about all the growing things. We're going to talk about growth. And which is, you know, I think that's always an ongoing thing with the show is just like, how do we grow as people? But we're going to spend some specific time targeted, focused, talking about growth. Yes. Um, and I think we'll we'll have some writing and art to go with next week's episode. So make sure you have, even if it's just a notebook and a pencil handy, that's really all you need. Uh, if you wanna add colors, bring markers, crayons, things like that. But um, yeah, bring some supplies with you so you can participate. Uh, let's see, what else, what else we got going on? Um, you'll also hear from um, some of our Hearts Need Art artists and some of the experiences they've been having with patients in the healthcare communities that we serve. And um, we always want to just be able to transport everyone into those patient interactions so they can witness what happens in those moments. And so um, our hope is that by sharing artist reflections, we can kind of give you a glimpse into what, what that experience is like from maybe from a patient that 
is like, I'm not an artist. I'm not a writer. I can't do this to actually creating something with, with someone from our team. So we're excited to share that as well. I'm telling you, it brings so much fulfillment to you when you create something new, when you uh, open the door to your creativity and allow yourself that permission to just dwell in that space for a little bit, because we're blocking it up with adulting a lot of times and responsibilities, the stress of our life and the things that kind of come in that loom over us, but we can start to strip some of those things away by adding the color and adding the the narrative um, and voicing it, whether it be singing or or uh, drawing, painting. Um, even if you're just like, ah, but I'd rather do something else. Okay, do dance, cook, mm-hmm. the culinary arts, the physical kinesthetics of just getting active, whatever you feel like you want to do to express yourself. We are here to encourage you as you do those things. And, you know, I going to segue into what we're going to do to close up the show, which is in a few minutes, right as we're going to go into the wrap up, um, you'll see one more song for me, which is the Nouveau, which is about being art in motion. And we need to consider ourselves all art in motion. The video features Tanisha Payne and uh, a good friend of mine named Carlton. Um, and it's just the whole it's video beautiful. is about just valuing art in your life. Mm. All right. Uh, Make sure you like or subscribe or follow us wherever you are listening or watching Arts for the Health of It. Until next week, keep creating, everyone. See you next time. Subscribe. Thank you for listening to Arts for the Health of It. This episode is produced by Hearts in the Arts, creative support for patients and caregivers. You can support the show and help others learn about the healing power of the arts by visiting heartsneedarts.org. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Hearts Need Art, their staff, board members, or other affiliates. All content is created for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice or to diagnose and treat any health condition. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking because of something you've heard on this podcast.